Welcome to the Savvy Working Mom podcast. This is the place where we share strategies to help you create a life you love. I'm your host, Whitney, a real-life working mom at a Fortune 500, professional speaker, and coach. I'm going to help you get real-life relief with simple systems so you can find more time and have less stress. With intentional daily action, you can live your best days now and forever. You've probably heard that clarity and self-care are two of the keys for building an awesome life. But in today's busy world, who has the time to figure out exactly what that means for herself? You can learn on your own, but you're learning in a vacuum. And with how much you have going on, it becomes really easy to put your own personal growth on the back burner, which is where I come in. When you work with me, you'll get support from someone who really understands the challenges of being a working mom. I want to give you a special invite to request a free strategy call with me by visiting thesavvyworkingmom.com forward slash free call. Again, that URL is thesavvyworkingmom.com forward slash free call. I look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. Excited to be with you today. Yeah, so we just have to dive right into this. In When we were preparing for the call and getting to know more about each other, uh, you, you shared with me that you have two kids. They're 15 and they're 13. Uh, you also shared with me that your employer at the time didn't know you had kids until your youngest was two. Correct, yeah. So you went through two full pregnancies without your employer actually knowing. You gave right. birth to the babies. You raised the babies. Um, you just have to share more about that because I've, I've never heard of it. I know. It was kind of crazy. Um, and full disclosure was not because of anything the employer was doing wrong or suggesting. Um, but I was actually working out of a corporate office in Tennessee. They had asked me if I would want to go out to the West Coast, which is actually where I'm from, and help set up a West Coast office. Of course, I was like, fully career driven at that point. I was 24. I was like, yes, I want to. And unbeknownst to me, I was pregnant, which I understand. I had some idea of what was going on and I just freaked and was like, I can't tell them I'm ready. I, you know, I want to go out there. So they were letting me work remotely before remote was even cool. I mean, this was like 2004 at the time. And so I said, I'm just not going to tell them <laughs> and just keep going. And they're going to be none the wiser. And then um, I wound up having C-sections with both. So I was able to schedule it and then ask for a week vacation. Um, so they had no idea and, um, they were all East coast based and I supported about eight guys across the country. So I would work at like 4am to about 1pm or so California time. And my kids were either sleeping or napping. Um, I had parents in town that would come help me. And so I worked a full-time job until she was two. Um, and then finally I was like, I can't keep this up. <laughs> so wait, did you ever tell them that you had kids or you just ended the job? Yeah. So at the end, I was literally like, I have to tell you something. I have two kids and I can't keep this going. <laughs> so it was kind of a shock all around. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't recommend it. It's a lot of stress, but that kind of plays into what you were talking about. People who are listening here is, you know, trying to balance that career and motherhood and this pressure we have on ourselves on both sides of that. Yeah, that is. And that's what I really want to talk about with you. I just thought that story was it's such a unique experience that it's worth sharing. All mothers, um, when we have kids, it's so different what our maternity leaves are like. Yeah. And I'm always just so super curious to hear what it's like uh, for not only your maternity leave, but how you announce to your job that you're pregnant. Because while it should be, I think, a very straightforward, matter-of-fact kind of thing, it never is. For most of us, just like you, there's a lot of fear. Yeah. Even though it shouldn't matter, 
right? Yeah. And even when your 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 boss or your company is supportive, I think there's just something maybe from a societal standpoint that's like ingrained in us where there's just this nervousness about sharing, hey, I'm pregnant. And mm-hmm. that means I'm going to have to take a significant amount of time off. And so I just, I really love hearing all the unique you know, I guess pregnancy announcement at work type stories into what maternity leave is like. Um, So thank you for sharing that. But going back to what you were saying, yes, like talking about how you can thrive professionally while still, you know, loving your mom life is something that I know you are very keen to speak about. And I think it seems like based on the conversation that we've had is something that you're doing. And so I would love to hear more about what that means for you to love your mom life and thrive professionally. And maybe we can just take it from there. Well, I will tell you just personally, like I definitely live by the motto that children and families should come first in all scenarios. Um, But having said that, I think you can have a career and you can definitely, you know, have that outlet for yourself, professionally, creativity, whatever that might look like for you. But there's no way that we can do it all. It's just not possible. So something either has to be balanced or something suffers. And so in my personal life, um, after I let my employer know that I had children and stepped away, I found that, okay, right now it's a season of motherhood that I need to focus on my kids. They were little. I wanted to be there to raise them. I wanted to do all that. But I still had this natural inkling of like, I want to do something with my brain. I want to have something that I'm doing. So you just kind of get creative. For me, that was talking to different business owners. They were kind of outsourcing things to me. I was a receptionist um, virtually for a driving school for a while. And I would literally be out at the park, pushing strollers, answering phones, putting you know dates in the calendar. I've done everything from typing, proofreading. I mean, you name it, you ever just find different outlets. But I knew that this side of motherhood had to come first at that time. So fast forward to now, my children are obviously older and it's a different season. I have eight hours a day that they're at school and they're obviously able to, um, you know, help and take care of themselves more. And my role has changed a little bit different and I won't be for a few more years that I'll be an empty nester and that will change as well. So I think keeping in mind that there's just different seasons of that and not stressing yourself, especially if you're a career driven woman to feel like, oh, but I could be doing this and I'm seeing others succeed and I'm being held back. Like, This is a true gift that we have to be mothers and you need to keep that in perspective. There will always be times to advance your career. There will always be times to make money, um, but this is what you have right now. So one of the things that you just said is, you know, not to focus on what you feel like you should be doing or you could be doing. And I think that's really hard for a lot of us, especially in today's social media world. Not, I mean, I think it's always been like that, right? This idea of keeping up with the Joneses brings on a whole new meaning when you're a working mom. It's like keeping up with the, I don't know, Elizabeth's, I don't know who the running the company and doing all the things. How do you get into that mindset? How do you get to a place where you're okay to not focus on what you could and should be doing? How do you get to a place where you can really focus on what you are doing? So I have a unique, just kind of personal life. I will tell you, I have friends that are older, good friends, older than me. I have good friends that are younger than me. I have good friends that are in the same stage of life as me and they all struggle with contentment, right? I have the professional 35 year olds that their career is thriving. And now they're looking at it and going, I'm not married and I don't have children. And I wish I could have done that. And then I have the moms that have children at home and are looking at them going, I wish I had a career. And so I think by keeping a focus on counting the blessings that you do have and looking at what you truly are blessed with and God has given you, it really can keep your contentment in check, both personally and professionally. You know, everyone has their 
I wish I could, I should be doing thing. But the reality is if you're just focusing on, you know, the core values that you have, whether that's, you know, your faith, um, you know, spirituality, all of those things, it's going to keep a lot of those things in check. That makes a lot of sense. I think the idea of understanding that we all struggle with this, right? No matter where you are in, in life is important. It's a, it's part of being a human is to think to desire more, but desiring more doesn't mean you have to be unhappy. Right. And it doesn't mean that you should feel guilt about where you're at in your career or where you're at with your kids or anything where you're at in your life. Right. And let me tell you, like, I struggle with it big time. I don't know if you know about the Enneagram personality test. Um, okay. I'm an eight which is like the worst for a woman to be. <laughs> uh, I'm extremely driven. I could work myself to the bone. I could be the workaholic. Like I could do all of that. So I say that saying like of anyone out there, like I get, it is hard to pump those brakes and to not be looking at everything. Um, and even when I started the business, I told my husband, I need you to give me a year of going like full throttle, Nicole. I just need a year. Like, you're going to have to pick up the slack with the kids. We're going to be eating fast food. Like, I need a year to, like, get this one. But I promise I will come back. Like, I, I will mellow. But I wanted to start my baby, my business. I wanted to get that moving. And there was no way I could be doing pump gas and brakes constantly. So I had my year. <laughs> then I had to hire help. And then I had to, like, get my priorities back in line. When you were going from those stages of, and I love the progression, you just laid it all out. You're like, Hey, I need this year. And you're going to, I need my husband to pick up some of the slack. We're going to eat fast food. I'm guessing probably the house isn't as clean all the time as you want it to be. Right. And then you transition to a place where I guess the business is up and running. And now you, you said, you know, you, you're going to hire some help and kind of take it from there. So you're like going through all of these stages. When did you know it was right to go from one stage to the other? Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I kind of set like a year in my, in my mind, knowing that personally I had to give myself that. Otherwise that train would have just kept barreling down. Um, and I felt like, okay, the business is at a stage that I can start delegating. We've got some momentum with clients coming in. So it was really when I knew like, it is reasonable for me to step away. And I don't have an excuse to say, I have to be the one to do this. And so that for me was really the marker of like, you know, and my husband was good about even saying that is like, okay, you are making some money. You need to hire help. This is crazy. You know, um, I come from like a workaholic family who, even if the money's coming in, they're still going to work till 3am. And I, I didn't want to go down that route. So you had some examples to learn from, yeah, big which time. is great. Delegation is so important. I mean, it's the only way that I've been able to achieve what I've achieved. It sounds like it's kind of how you've achieved what you've achieved and have this balance and be happy with life but delegation can be really hard for some folks. Do you have any tips on delegating? Yeah. Well, and I have found that delegation is like a, a double-edged sword because it's hard to do. And then when you do, you can almost feel guilt for delegating. It's like, well, why, why shouldn't I just do that? I mean, I will tell you even just like people will see, like, I'll just be totally transparent. I mean, there's things that have to come off my plate, even just personally, right? Like I, I am not going to have a spick and span house by myself. It's just not going to happen, but you can get guilt for that. <laughs> so at some point you have to go, well, I can't keep this whole ship afloat by myself and I need to choose what's important to me to delegate off. Well, I would say that's it. And don't feel guilt about it because ultimately it's releasing you to focus on the priorities that you have. Yes. And that's it, right? When you delegate, when you push things off of your plate, one, I think you give the opportunity to other people to learn and grow. 
And yeah. two, you give yourself the opportunity to focus on what's important and what really matters to you. And like, yes, a clean house matters to you, but does the actual action of cleaning matter? Not at all. Right. <laughs> so like let somebody else do it so that you can take the action instead of spending time with your kids or growing your business or, right. um, or hang out with your husband or hang out with yourself. Like, right. you know, you're trading those actions off. I have to break it down to, yes, I could do this task or I could pay someone who is able to do this consistently. And it may cost me $5 a day to get this off of me. Right. But it is taking an hour of my mental energy, my time, my switching my focus from whether it's goals professionally or business. And that is worth it. I mean, at some point, if you're doing it all, you're working for a dollar an hour. <laughs> and you are worth more than that. I know exactly. it for a fact. So, you yes. know, you really have to keep that in check. And yeah, you can do it, but should you do it? And what is it keeping you from doing by not getting it off your plate? Hey again, it's Whitney. I hope that you're enjoying the show. If you're a busy mama who wants more time for herself and her passions, get started today by getting my free video short course, More Time and Less Guilt by Monday at thesavvyworkingmom.com forward slash more time. If you're new here or haven't yet done this, it is definitely the first step to getting started and applying these principles to your life. Head on over to thesavvyworkingmom.com forward slash more time and grab your free gift today. So we recently relocated. I was living in Brooklyn and we moved to Salt Lake. That's a whole nother podcast episode though. Um, but we don't have a car. We have this rental. It's a tiny little Hyundai Elantra. Like if you have one, no shade, but it's a little car. And we are on the street with like massive on highways with massive pickup trucks and like these like souped up F-350s. Like three of them went by me in this tiny little car. And I was like, this is, this is not a life to live. I'm nervous, like driving at night. It's, so it's like, we got to get a car sooner rather than later, like our own car. And I definitely wanted an SUV, but we definitely wanted to pay cash for it. And so thankfully, like we've got the savings and we're like, Hey, we can pay cash for it. So it's going to be a used car, right? Not nothing brand new or not. We went and test drive like a few different cars. You know, you test drive them all, you're checking them out. And then I found one that we really liked and is a 2008, uh, 120,000 miles, like feeling really good about it. And we made the offer to the guy and we haggled like a little, it's a used car, right? You want to feel like you're getting some value. Then we're like, Hey, let's talk about it. Like in the parking lot of the place. And we were like, okay, are we going to drive away? And I'm like, no, this place is an hour away. Then we have to drive back because this is really the car that we want. That's two hours. Never mind that it takes us like 40 minutes to get in the car with two little kids like, yeah. to get the house together. I was like, that is not going to be worth the extra $200 he might take off the car. Like, let's just do this. And then so we did it and we bought it, but it was just that conversation and that idea of like, we have to consider the time that we spend on things and whether or not that time is actually worth the savings or the cost of, uh, of the trade-off. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, for the first like two years, I would go to the grocery store, be taking calls in the store, walk away, forget half the things that I was even supposed to get, get home. And I realized that, I mean, I literally, I would think everything economically. And I'm like that I could have paid someone $15 to do that for me and paid attention to my client and been revenue generating for my business, as opposed to leaving with half my groceries and being frustrated. So there you go. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Cool. Right. And we keep mentioning your company, but we haven't really talked about it. So your company is Boson mm -hmm. and they, you guys build remote teams for small businesses and entrepreneurs, which yeah. I feel like in COVID times is extremely important. And I also feel like you must have some really great tips on how to work remotely. 
and knowing that more of us are working remotely, um, also because you've done this for a long time, right? You work remotely um, when you had your two babies and told no one at your job. So what tips can you share about being effective while, while working remotely, making the most of it, I guess I should say? Yeah. So number one, which I know goes for like everything in life, but is communication. The fact that you are not physically there really can trip people out. And so even if, you know, I, I tell a lot of the girls that work with us is just, even if you cannot get to that email, respond with a receive, we'll have done by this. I mean, it feels like to employers, they are sending it out into an abyss and they picture you on the beach sunbathing and not working. I mean, that's just the reality. Now, some of that has helped with COVID because everyone has been forced into it. So I would say pre-COVID, it was a lot of how do I know they're working? What are they even doing? Now everyone understands the dynamics of working at home. And so we've kind of leaped that hurdle a little bit. So communication, I would say, is key. Definitely set yourself up with a schedule. It is a real job working remotely. So, you know, you can't just plan a coffee date, plan lunches anytime you want. You need to have some sort of schedule that you can give to your employer and set that for them and, you know, say, here's when you can expect to see me on. Um, And if there's emergencies, contact me kind of thing. So I think treating it, looking and feeling like it, get yourself a designated office space. Like this is not a lay on the couch and have TV on the backside, you know, like it is a real job. And so um, when people grasp that and they really get themselves in the mind, it, it works flawlessly and ultimately is a great fit for small business owners. Because for instance, in our business model, you're only paying for that time that they're working. So it's a real trade-off on both sides. And we found it to be a really good match. That's awesome. And I just want to give one pro tip out there coming from someone who worked in a two bedroom apartment with two littles and a husband and a dog at home. If you don't have space to have an actual office, create some sort of like setup and breakdown so that mentally you're like, now I'm working. Like for me, it was like, I'm going to open up my laptop in this space. I'm going to put up my little calendar, my little picture, and now I'm in my office. Right. And then when I was done working, I would put it away. Because what I find happens if you don't do that, if you don't have some type of ritual or kind of dedicated space, and in my apartment I had to create the space, is I ended up working nonstop. It was like no matter where I was in the house was the place to be working. And that started to bleed into what normally might have been like eight to 10 hour days started turning into 12 to 14 hour days. And I was like, this is not healthy for any of us. Um, So just the breakup set down, like you don't actually have to have an office. You can create an office space that is mobile within your tiny space if you live in a tiny space like we did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of our girls will actually go and rent a place at the library and go there. And that's what they do. You know, whatever your routine is that works for you, but definitely setting up that schedule and boundaries of when I'm working, when I'm not, I mean, even my husband works remotely too, but they're getting emails from their massive corporation about burnout and like get offline. And you do not need to be feeling like you need to be working all hours of the day. Like that is certainly not what it's intended for. Yeah. And as a, so I, I actually, um, I'm an executive at an, at a, corporation, the, the, the savvy working mom is, it's like my passion because I believe that when working mothers do better, the entire world does better. Um, but one of the things that I've learned as a leader, so another pro tip for leaders out there trying to help their team avoid burnout is when you send an email, people will read it, especially your dec- direct reports. The more senior you are, the more people feel the need to respond to your emails. So save them. Like even if you find yourself working over the weekend or off hours, if what you're sending, if what you have to communicate is not urgent, just save it and then send it like, you know, it's not uncommon 
<laughs> for me to have like 15 emails be released Monday at 9 a.m. But that way, I know my team isn't actually looking at them and feeling this need and pressure to respond. So as a leader, right, there are things that you can do to also help your team avoid burnout. And as individuals, there are things that we do, right, to help avoid burnout. Because it's, it's very real. I think the more when you work remotely, just those lines of work life, whatever that means, get blended even more deeply, right? Yeah, absolutely. What is your morning routine? Um, it definitely involves getting kids off to school. Um, but I love to get up and have coffee. Of course, I'm being honest. I watch the today show while the kids are packing lunches and finishing up homework. I take them in and then I take about 30 minutes to myself, whatever that is. Sometimes it's literally just getting laundry in the wash, maybe doing some stuff outside, whatever that is. And then at nine o'clock promptly, I'm like on. So I try to kind of stick with that routine because it seems to work for me. And I am very big about like when the kids are home, I'm focused on that. So in the mornings, I don't want to be getting on and seeing what's happening because it's just going to pull me in and then I'm going to be frustrated. So I do try to stick with that, get them off. And then I know I can work. Awesome. And then what is the one thing that you want other mamas to know? Yeah. I mean, I would just say, like, like I said earlier, is just encourage you to know that whatever stage you're in, it will end. You can accomplish your goals. It may not be this instant but you will have that opportunity in that time at some point. So don't ever stop dreaming on what you want to do professionally and personally, but just realize that um, you only have these babies once that go so fast. I know that's so cliche to say, but now that mine are grown, it does. And you will get that time back. That's all we've got for this episode of the Savvy Working Mom podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Also make sure to link up with us at thesavvyworkingmom.com forward slash blog and on Instagram at thesavvyworkingmom. And please just share, share, share this podcast with any other mama who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, with intentional and daily action, you can live your best days now and forever.